Very fucking unprofessional. Dilio. What? I gotta squeeze the juice out of the head. Automatic or revolver, KI double lesson. Here's the lesson most beams is infrared, but mine's is fluorescent. No matter where you go, I'ma spot you. No matter how many people you put me in front of, I'ma rock you. And if you try to be the hard top, I'm gonna drop you. I got to treat you like the clutch and pop you. Boom. Creep through in the 420 with your honey, cause you ain't nothing but a playboy that turned bunny. And the only thing left to discuss is more money. In these bullshit games, these chickens try to run me. Y'all know y'all can't touch us. I flow luscious. It's so real, I make her hop out and get the Duchess. I'm sitting on a thousand birds and I hide from the camera. Cause the pictures worth a thousand words. And y'all herbs, y'all get what y'all deserve. Y'all do the catering while we just get served. And you got some nerve for PH and Jason. Do you have any idea who you're professional? You'll never figure out. It's too hot, burning my mouth. That's why I spit it out. It must be real hard for y'all to listen. And it's sad, niggas is too broke to pay attention. Chilling, sitting on about half a million. With all my niggas, all my guns, all my guns. Next two years, I should see about a Sizz without a shadow of a doubt Be talking to tell what your channel is talking about Unprofessional as fuck with your host Ruck And this is sports show number 7 Bulletproof designer shirt, rolling with a china doll. She'll be reminding y'all down of the underworld. Every block monitored, of course. Jada Man, we got a wild, wild week. Five in the NFL. More key injuries that can sideline stars for multiple weeks, possibly put people on the IR. Uh, marquee matchups between NFC front runners. Got an update on Jacksonville at their home away from home in London. Heavyweight matchup dates and uh, location set as well. A lot of shit to get into, man. I ain't even big and I size niggas up because they eyes give them up. Look at them and see they butt. I'm 22 with All right, let's get to it. You hear that flow? It drove the underground wacko. Every since 12, I've been spitting like tobacco. Like I said, man, this uh, this week five definitely wild, definitely uh, injury riddled. Definitely uh, fucked a lot of people's fancy football teams up and their favorite football teams as well. We'll get into all of that, but, um, you know, first and foremost, we here, man. We here. Man, I'm telling you, uh, to those of y'all listening right now, do not want it to come as a shock. I'm trying to prepare y'all that a lot of these shows are going to be moving to Patreon only. I know that's uh, uh, chartered territory for a lot of people. A lot of people are skeptical for a multitude of reasons. I could understand it. One, it's an app you probably haven't used, haven't really heard of other than here when I mention it, or maybe somebody else, some of your other uh, f- uh, favorite podcast hosts or uh, cast members have, have said the same. But uh, like I said, man, Patreon is going to be where it's at. Uh, five, ten, and twenty dollar tiers depends on what you want to pledge and subscribe with, and that will also depend on how much content you receive as well. Just preparing y'all for what's coming in the very near future. And um, let's uh, let's get off the somber shit. Let's talk NFL action. Week five. All right, man. This all began on Thursday night when the uh, Washington Commanders hosted the Chicago Bears. Two teams where a lot of people weren't really expecting much out of. I mean, maybe the Bears in the beginning. 
but it quickly came out to show that, you know, they were a struggling team. The commanders maybe have been overperforming expectations, depending on where you had them at, right? I mean, I did hear Dark Horse uh, Washington suggestions early in the season. They came out. You've seen Sam Howe. He is producing on the field. You cannot act as though he isn't, but it seems to be a ceiling as far as uh, wins. And let's talk about it. <clears throat> the Bears came in 0-3 while Washington was 2-2. Two and two. And this was a Justin Fields to DJ Moore show early and often. First and foremost, let me clap it up for both of those gentlemen. On a day where Chicago Bears legendary linebacker Dick Buckus was announced to have passed away, the Bears' skill players represented him very well. Quarterback play was good on both sides, with Justin Fields completing 15 of 29 passes for 282 yards and four touchdowns. 230 of those yards went to DJ Moore, who caught eight of his 10 targets for three TDs. That's important to note. 282 passing yards for Justin Fields. Of those 282, 230 of those go directly to DJ Moore. Like I said, those two put on the show. Unfortunately, running back Khalil Herbert showed promise, you know. Two weeks in a row recently, he seemed to be waking up, getting out of his slumber. Then he went out of the game early with a knee injury that was sidelined him for multiple weeks, definitely crippling my uh, fantasy team as well. That's going to be the common theme as we continue to go down these games, man. Um, It's it's rough, and, and I'm starting to feel the effects of it. We'll talk about it. Washington's quarterback Sam Howell went 37-51 for 388 yards, two touchdowns, and one INT. I mean, that's a pretty dose, uh, decent performance, if you ask me. He put up a lot of points, not only in the game, but uh, on, on fantasy. Story of the game for me was the quarterback pressure from Chicago, sacking Howell five times. The Bears were able to win the turnover game 2-0, to zero, which in turn allowed them to win the game. They move up to 1-4, while the Commanders are now 2-3 following a 40-20 victory from Chicago. Now we get to Sunday action. It kicked off at 6.30 a.m. from London again as Jacksonville was actually the away team in technicality in this game when they uh, battled the Buffalo Bills, who had this slated as a home game for them. Important to note, I will be honest, man, it was a heavy Buffalo Bills crowd. Once I seen the crowd, it was kind of like, all right, it might be a legitimate home game to an extent. Keep in mind, Jacksonville had been spending the uh, time over there in London as they just played there last week, uh, while Buffalo had to travel in. Now, uh, Jack started and ended pretty effectively. 11 points in the first quarter, 14 points in the fourth, was enough to edge over the Bills in a 25-20 victory. Trevor Lawrence, Travis uh, Etienne, and Calvin Ridley pretty pretty much put the team on their shoulders, while Josh Allen was held to two touchdowns, one INT. After a string of great games, it seems like, you know, Ran into a, a wall here, and, and it's just Jacksonville, man. It's their home away from home. Jags nearly doubled the time of possession. Somehow overcame two turnovers and eight penalties to go 2-0 in consecutive weeks in London. Both teams are now 3-2. and two. I mean, uh, two teams that you expect to see at the end of this thing, man, and when it, when it gets to the playoff time, you expect to see these guys either solidified in the spot or at the very least battling for one. But um, uh, we'll see, man. I mean, the Bills... They uh they looked great for a few weeks in a row. Now we uh hit this wall to see how they react. Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, and them guys will get back to work. I'm I'm pretty sure of it. Let's move on now. Atlanta hosted the Texans. 
Keep in mind, Atlanta just came back from UK as well. They were over there playing the Jags last week. Both teams came into this two and two, looking to get above five hundred into winning column. They got off to a slow start though, man. The first half ended only uh, nine to seven in Houston's advantage. However, the second half started pretty much more the same. Actually, it was that fourth quarter where the Falcons scored fourteen points to earn a comeback victory in front of their home crowd. 21-19 Falcons. Let's talk about the quarterback play. C.J. Stroud went 20-35, 249 yards, one touchdown, and still remains without an interception. I mean, uh, the guy's doing really good as, as far as the rookie is concerned. Maybe limited to uh, weapons at this point in time. Not to say they don't have some there, but just uh, maybe with a few additions, we might be able to see them, you know, start taking these close games and bringing them home in the W. Uh, Desmond Ritter also uh, went 28 of 37 for 329 yards and one touchdown. At the end of this all, Houston falls to 2-3, and three, while the Falcons move up to 3-2. and two. Falcons wide receiver room will be adding Van Jefferson from a trade with the Vikings. So, uh, you know, we were talking about maybe Houston adding some weapons. Now you're going to see Desmond Ritter with another uh, wide receiver in that room, able to work on some film and, and, you know, get on the field, get some practice together, get some type of chemistry. We'll see what happens with them going forward. Moving on now to the Panthers, who are 0-4, taking on the 3-1 Lions. Hold on, let's put some music on in the background, man. Tired of hearing the motherfucking thing. This week, we're going to be uh, highlighting another album. That's what I've been trying to do on these uh, on these sports shows. This one's going to be, uh, finally, the album drops. DJ Drama's latest Gangsta Grills with RJ, Mr. LA. This one's called Omeo Grills. Some of these joints you might have heard already because I played some of the singles that were dropping, but here we go. Let's start again. Back to this Panthers Lions. Two teams that were definitely on a different uh, side of emotions, I guess you could say. The Panthers are coming in winless, 0-4, while the Lions were 3-1. More growing pains for the rookie quarterback, Bryce Young, who went 25-41, 247 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions. 99 rushing yards between a myriad of Panthers players with Chuba Hubbard. Actually leading the, the pack. I think he had under 60-plus yards, so, I mean, 64 maybe tops. Uh, it's just crazy, man. They can't get anything going over there. Maybe Andy Dalton might have to be the answer. Maybe you uh, shake shit up, let the kid learn for a minute. Another efficient performance, on the other hand, from Jared Goff. Goff went 20 of 28 with 236 yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. Shout-out David Montgomery, man. He showed up and showed out. Part of the uh, reason why... The high score went to who it went to this this uh, week. You know what I mean? A surprise performance from uh, David Montgomery went 19 carries, 109 yards, one touchdown. Definitely helping this quarterback out. Even without star, I'm a Ross St. Brown. The Lions were able to put 42 points on the Panthers' defense. Rookie tight end uh, Sam Laporter, man. That guy's the real deal. Four targets, three receptions, 47 yards, two touchdowns on the game. All in all, a 42-24 to 24 Lions win, while the Panthers fall even further to 0-5. The Lions step up to 4-1. Definitely look like a contender this year, and uh, I'll be interested to see what Detroit could do. AFC matchup between the Tennessee Titans, who travel to Indianapolis to take on the Colts. Both teams 2-2 two two coming into this. 
Colts rushing attack proved to be the difference, 193 to 89 in favor of uh, the Colts. As far as rushing yards are concerned, Derrick Henry held to only 43 yards on 13 carries. Uh, Shout-outs to Zaire Franklin. Man, that guy. Uh, there's a play that you got to look up right now. Hit YouTube, hit some of these uh, highlights and whatnot. Definitely uh, the first time I seen Henry run into a wall like himself and be on the uh, losing end of it. Shout out Zaire and what he's doing, leading the league right now in tackles, I'm pretty sure, and, and just dominating over there in Indy. Story of the game once again, man. Rookie quarterback Anthony Richardson left the game early, this time with the AC uh, joint sprain. Indianapolis head coach was quoted saying, he will miss some time. 23 to 16, Colts win. Titans go to 2 and 3. Colts are now 3 and 2. Shout out to the Colts, man. Making noise over there in Indy. Speaking of making noise, this game uh, had a lot of noise and then a lot of moments of silence. While the Giants and Dolphins met each other, Dolphins came in 3 and 1, while, of course, uh, New York was 1 and 3. Both teams suffer critical injuries with the Giants quarterback Daniel Jones and Miami rookie Phenom running back Devon A-Chan expected to miss extended time. Uh, A-Chan is actually a, excuse me, eligible to be placed on IR, which is definitely bad news for me. Another one of my fantasy running backs who was actually the only breath of fresh air now down. Definitely uh, huge blows to each one of these teams' actual offenses. Crazy man. Before leaving, A chance still was able to get in 151 yards, one touchdown on 11 carries. That type of uh, explosion is going to be a tough void to fill, not only for me, but um, even for that Dolphins high-powered offense. It's going to be uh, more difficult, you know, for the uh, Giants who now are without their starting quarterback Daniel Jones. Just paid them all that bread. It's been difficult for him. He's been out there running for his life. hasn't had much time to get the ball to potential receivers. Not too many weapons over there, you know, making a name for themselves. Darren Waller, pretty much silent. Wondell Robinson, I guess. Uh, a lot of those receivers, man, it's just not much to be heard from. Maybe that's offensive line issue. We'll, we'll discuss that further later. Even in a sloppy game, you know, for Dolphin standards, they were able to put up 31 yards and held New York, excuse me, 31 points and held New York to only 16. Dolphins advanced to 4-1 and one while the Giants fall to 1-4. Moving on, Derek Carr and his 2-2 two two Saints Traveled over to New England to take on the 1-3 Patriots Complete dominance from start to finish New Orleans nearly doubled the pass in total yards And tripled their rushing efforts as well Three turnovers from Mac Jones led offense And game management at its best for Carr Led to a 34-0 route in Saints victory Saints now move to 3-2 while the pass fall to 1-4 Really don't know what to make of this Pats team, man. Is Max Jones' uh, inability to pass effectively hurt in the running game, which reigned supreme last season. I had a Ramondre Stevenson on my fantasy. He was definitely formidable, to say the absolute least. Or is it the lack of a rushing game that's exposing even more so what Max Jones uh, lacks at the quarterback position? I don't know. Some are saying it's a coaching issue. Shit you don't usually hear out of New England, right? But some are saying maybe this new style of play in the NFL is exposing Bill Belichick. Maybe leaving them behind in the past. We shall see how things go. The Raiders got the pass next. Hopefully more of the same uh, for this New England offense. Let's talk about a divisional rivalry game. This one really pissed me off. I've been, you know, helping my cousin out with some parlays. Gave him a three-teamer, which would have been money in the bank had it not been for this game. 
Baltimore at Pittsburgh. Divisional rivalry with both teams coming in, looking to gain room in the division. The Ravens uh, came in 3-1 and one while Pitt was 2-2. Two and two. This game was Ravens to lose, and they did it, man. They did just that. Lamar Jackson has always had, you know, his struggles up against the Pittsburgh Steelers for whatever reason, regardless of how either team was doing in the season. This game, I don't know if I could put it all the way on him. There were two clear TDs that were dropped by Ravens receivers, one for Bateman off his hands in the end zone for a clear six. And a deep bomb that was uh, dropped by Zay Flowers, rookie Zay Flowers, important to note. He had nobody to beat. He catches that ball and he's gone. So, I mean, that's 14 points that comes off the board. And then Lamar cannot be let off the hook altogether, though. He either uh, threw an ENT, INT, in the end zone that, you know, could have been a power rushing situation. If you ask me, I think Gus Edwards needs to get that ball at the goal line. They, you know, they're already in in advantage to, to me. It looked like, you know, it was their game to lose. When I say it, this game was close, but it just looked like they were the better team on the field for the more, for the most part. But, um, you know, that goal line possession where he ends up throwing an interception. Pretty much changed the momentum of the game. That should have definitely been, you know, four chances for Gus Edwards or whoever at that running back core to get that ball in. Is that on uh, Lamar for that? Is that Coach Tomlin? I mean, we could talk about it. If you ask me, I'm going to say it's both. You're on the road in a divisional game. It's always proved to be difficult against Pittsburgh. You got J.J. Watt staring you across, <laughs> staring at you from across the field, you know what I mean, right across the line of scrimmage. Uh, you're supposed to limit your opportunities from mistakes. I think when you throw that ball right there on that goal line, you just it's more risk than reward. You have a definitive three points at the very least, and instead it turns into an interception, and you get nothing there. Pitt actually won a turnover battle 3-1, to one, and in turn won that game that could prove to be important, you know, come December. 17-10 Pittsburgh win Both teams are now 3-2 and two. Bengals at Cardinals Both 1-3 coming in One team not expected to do much The other team, you know, facing a lot of scrutiny And it continued because prior to this game News of a scuffle between star wide receiver Jamar Chase And coach Zach Taylor Led to news of Chase requesting to trade Out of Cincinnati What the fuck you know what that means? That coach getting let go. <laughs> you knew, for one, that, you know, Joe Burrow's, a lot of his uh, success, not only in the near future, but in his legacy, is going to stem on, you know, the, him keeping these weapons. Jamar Chase is a blessing to any quarterback. He had to come out and keep that guy happy, and, and he did just that. Joe Burrow wakes up, has his best game of the year, making plays when needed to. You know, I've seen him run on that calf and extend the extend the drive, get a first down on third when, you know, there was nothing there open in the passing game. When he did have his opportunities, he took advantage, went 36-46 for 317 yards, three touchdowns, and one interception. Jamar Chase, you know, asking you shall receive. If you're talking about you want to trade, look how, look how you get the, the ball distributed to you. On 19 targets, he receives the ball 15 times. That's 15 receptions on 19 targets for 192 yards and three touchdowns. Definitely uh, doing what he had to do. Cardinals gave the ball away three times, two interceptions from Dobbs and one fumble to go along with it. Led to a much-needed Cincinnati win, 34-20 Bengals, who are now 2-3 and three, while the Cardinals fall to 1-4. Let's talk about this Eagles at Rams game. Eagles come in 4-0 undefeated while the Rams are 2-2. Two I gotta be honest with you Before we get to any of these stats I, I mean if there's anything 
you know, if there's a positive loss in the NFL that exists, I think the Rams experienced that on Sunday. Cooper Cup returning from his long uh, time away being injured. Picked up right where he left off. Blended perfectly with rookie sensation Nakua Matata. Remember where you heard that first, motherfuckers. Quietly, Matthew Stafford has bounced back from a poor season last year, and they've added weapons as well, man. I expect Kyron Williams, the running back from uh, L.A., to get better as the season goes on. And Aaron uh, Donald will not remain quiet for long. You got to know that he's going to wake up at some point. The only issue is you ran into a red-hot Eagles team that, you know, was led by a top-tier quarterback and a formidable defense. Jalen Hurts went 375 total yards, touchdown passing and rushing. While Dallas Goddard had his best game of the season waking up, definitely got his wake-up call. 117 yards and one touchdown on eight receptions of nine targets. A.J. Brown just keeps doing A.J. Brown things. Eight targets, six receptions, 127 yards. All in all, it's a 23-14 win for Philly. The Eagles are now 5-0. The Rams are now 2-3. It's important to note that we put all them stats out there, all that yardage, all those players who, who look like they had a really good day, and, and you only get 23 points out of that. That's got to change. I know uh, owners of that Elliot Cat, the kicker from uh, Philly, are feeling it, but as the owner of uh, quarterback you know, from this, from this Philly team in my fantasy squad, I would like to see a lot more touchdowns through the air or at least, you know, rushing touchdowns from Jalen Hurts. The end of the day, they remain 5-0, the only other undefeated team we'll talk about later while the Rams fall to 2-3. and three. I think there's room for improvement there, man. All is not lost. Talk about this next game. I mean, I don't know if these guys are playing for anything, but pride at this point. The 1-3 Jets travel over to Denver to take on the 1-3 Broncos. Both came in, like I said, desperately needing to win. And just as expected, Brees Hall exploited a weak Denver rush defense. Exploded for 22 carries, 177 yards, and one touchdown. New York's three-headed rushing attack was involved early and often, including uh, Dalvin Cook and Michael Carter. Although Brees Hall gets the majority of the rushing attack, you know, they all have an opportunity to catch balls from out the backfield and, and you know, be effective when they have the their, their chances, their snaps. New York ended with 234 rushing yards. Denver fumbled the ball three times and fell to 1-4, while the Jets are now 2-3 and three after a 31-21 Jets win. Staying with uh, at least one squad in this AFC West. The, G- the Chiefs came in 3-1 and one to take on the Vikings who were on the opposite side of that, 1-3. and three. When you look at this stat line, you would have expected a Minnesota win, but this year it seems like Minnesota's found every way to lose a game. Opening play on offense results in a fumble. Now you're giving uh, Patrick Mahomes a short field. And damn near like he got possession at the beginning of the game and at the end of that and at the beginning of the second half. So, I mean, you're definitely giving yourself a, a, a tough hill to climb out of. Digging a hole to say the least If I could look at these stats I think a deciding factor would be You know aside from the rosters Is the third down uh, conversion rate The Vikings were only at 42% While the Chiefs converted 60% of their third downs Mahomes had a pretty decent game 31 of 41 For 281 yards Two touchdowns, no interceptions Kirk Cousins didn't do too bad himself 29 of 47, 284 Two touchdowns and zero interceptions Biggest loss that uh, the Vikings took on this game was Justin Jefferson leaving early with a hamstring injury. Expected to sideline him for multiple weeks as well. Also talks of him maybe going on that IR list and missing four weeks at the very minimal. (laughs) So, I mean, it's difficult to see. 
Definitely going to be the biggest blow. If he's unable to return soon enough to salvage this bad start to the season, it could be a grand opening, grand closing for the Vikings. 27-20 Chiefs win. Chiefs are now 4-1, while the Vikings are now 1-4. Let's talk about this Sunday night matchup, man. 49ers hosted Dallas in the marquee matchup that was expected to be the season's best game. While Dallas came in 3 and 1, the 49ers were 4 and 0. Both teams came in looking to make a statement win. However, Dallas failed to comment at all. Seems like the separation between the 49ers and the rest of the NFL is growing each week as much as I would hate to say that. Look at Dak Prescott. He went four, 14 of 24 for 153 yards, one touchdown, three interceptions. Dallas rushing attack as a team combined gained 57 yards. Not going to win like that. CeeDee Lamb was only targeted five times. What the fuck? Rock party, bro. 17 to 24 for 252 yards, four touchdowns, zero interceptions. This was that game where Brock Purdy, you know, he got he got his shit off when it was usually been the CMC game. When you're looking at CMC being responsible for four plus touchdowns, this time Purdy put the team on his back, and uh, you know, CMC actually didn't even lead this game in rushing and went to Jordan Mason, who led with 69 yards and one touchdown. Important to note that McCaffrey did also get a rushing touchdown, I believe. George Kittle Man, He had a coming out party this game Three of four Three receptions on four targets for 67 yards And every time he caught the ball was a touchdown Three TDs for George Kittle Excuse me Definitely not the button I was trying to push Gonna be pushing a lot of Raider fans buttons when I say this As much as it pains to, uh, for me to say this And continue to have to say this Although the Super Bowl will be held at the Raiders Allegiant Stadium this year, it's going to run through Santa Clara. I really feel like Christian McCaffrey is taking this team over the hump, man. Any, uh, any hump that existed, you know, he's, he's opening that entire offense, taking any pressure that's on the shoulders of Brock Purdy off. And uh, although this game was the Purdy the Kittle show, the simple fact that you have to account for CMC on the field impacts everyone on that 49ers offense positively. Let's talk, uh, let me turn this down real quick, man. Hold on. We'll get right back to where we was, though. I wanted to give y'all quick sound bites from this game, at least from uh, Dak Prescott leaving the game on his post, post-game conference. He's asking questions. This is what he had to say. There was so much put into this game, but measuring up, revenge, how demoralizing to have a performance like that? Uh, yeah, I guess that, that's a good word in a sense. Um, didn't see it coming. As you said, put everything into this and uh, got punched in the mouth. Um, called a couple of weeks ago, humbling against Arizona. Uh, but this may be the most humbling game I've ever been a part of. Um, felt good about the preparation, felt good about... Everything, honestly, coming into this game, matchups, and they beat us in every aspect. Yeah, no shit, dog. It was pretty bad. Kittle celebrated one of his uh, three touchdowns, at least one of his three touchdowns, by exposing the Fuck Dallas t-shirt underneath his jersey. Much to the uh, Santa Clara's crowd approval. 
Sorry, man. Dallas just looks to be fool's gold again. It might just be a tough out during the regular season, but when it comes to this playoffs, I don't know if I can have much faith in this squad. I don't think they're a real deal Super Bowl contender at this point. To me, Dak just isn't the answer, man. You talk about one touchdown, three interceptions, when you're talking about how much this game means to you. You're facing a team that's knocked you out of the playoffs two of the past three years, I believe. This is a historical matchup that has meant a lot in the NFC throughout the years, throughout a lot of my upbringing. We talk about Lamb only being targeted five times. He's not being used to his fullest potential. I don't know, man. Cooper Rush was looking really good while Dak was out. You stifle that and put him, you know, obviously he has to be a backup when you pay Dak what you pay Dak. But then the, the mind-boggling shit is Jerry Jones bringing in Trey Lance, and for what? Was that some insider training? Uh, he didn't look like he was really contributing much. Keeping the real quarterback's arm warm on the sideline? I mean, what? On top of that, that Dallas defense, which is their you know strongest asset, continues to get banged up, and I don't know. I don't know who they're going to have left come towards the end of the season and if they're going to be as formidable in the playoffs as they are right now. But a lot of things can happen. Anything can change. What doesn't change is this game ended in the 42-10 to 10 49ers ass-whooping of the Cowboys. Takes the Niners to 5-0 and, and Dallas falls to 3-2. Only thing left to discuss is this Monday night matchup. 2-2 two two Packers came in to face the 1-3 struggling Raiders at Allegiant Stadium. You get the stats in this game because nobody on either offense really had one worth talking about. Product being put out on, on both of these offensive squads is, is just bad to say the least, man. I think the only deciding factor is we ran into a quarterback playing worse than ours at the moment and won an ugly game. I hate to sound like, you know, bigging up the Niners so much and then talking so down about the Raiders even in victory, but come on, y'all. Y'all are watching what I'm watching. The whole world's, you know, watching these primetime games. You got the Packers coming in with Jordan Love. Started off the season hot, was actually leading the league come, you know, after two weeks, three weeks. He was looking really, really, uh, really good in his rookie, rookie season opening. Opening up thus far, at least. Not been the same over the past stretch of games. I mean, I've spoken to some Packers fans personally. They're ready to swap them for Jimmy G straight up. We'll talk more about that later. I want to talk about Marcus Peters, though. All season when he was acquired, you know, and everybody was talking about, ooh, Marcus Peters. I'm looking at it like, bro, of all the players that were out there that we let other teams sign or re-sign with their actual squads, and, and you're talking to me about Marcus fucking Peters? Y'all gotta stop, you know, falling victim to these people who love, who are Raider fans, so they want to be over here. You bring them over and expect the Raider fan base to be excited. Maybe the average individual who looks at the Raiders just, you know, without the objective mindset. I'm a diehard Raiders fan. Don't ever get it twitted. But at the same time, I am not fucking clueless. You know what I mean? It's just Josh McDaniels. We'll talk. Marcus Peters is taking up space and stealing money, man. I'm looking at this guy's, you know, decisions he's making, the angles he's taking on certain on certain possessions. This is terrible, bro. 
Packers player. I don't, don't ask me what quarter, you know. Just if you're watching this Raiders game, you know what I'm talking about. A Packers player coming down the field wide open due to a busted coverage already, I'm sure. And now you have Marcus Peters as the only man to beat, and he just takes this horrible angle that only slows down the receiver and allows somebody else to catch up and make the play. I don't know. It's just looking bad out here, man. I need us, you know, somebody to help out Max Crosby on this defensive unit. And in this game, I guess we'll continue to talk, and it did end up that way. Because in the beginning, it just looked like, you know, more Raiders poor tackling was going to lead to first downs for Green Bay. They weren't really warranted. A.J. Dillon was off to a quick start early in the game. But it proved to be our defense's job to win it. And in the end, they did that with three takeaways in the form of interceptions. Two from Spillane, who definitely did his thing in this game, ending uh, interception, a game-ending interception from Meek Robinson on an underthrown ball by Jordan Love. Turns out to be a 17 to 13 Raiders win. Both teams are now two and three. Talk about Jimmy G now. Two wins as a Raiders quarterback, right? In each game, we've only scored 17 points. What the fuck? There's not many teams you're going to beat in the NFL scoring 17 points if your defense is spectacular. The Raiders, I mean, we're a work in progress. We ain't there yet. Obviously, after this game, there's some things to, you know, be excited about. But, I mean, don't be, a, don't be a victim of the circumstance. The Raiders are now running into the favorable portion of our schedule, if you can say there is one. The next five, we have three of those at home. Like, that matters. Just pathetic, man. No home crowd. Nonetheless, you know what I mean? We got the Pats coming in. Then we travel to the Bears. Play another game at the Lions before returning home to take on the New York Jets. Excuse me, New York Giants and then the New York Jets. Objectively looking at this, I think we uh, could win three of the next five games. I say that uh, cautiously. In the event we were to do that, we end up 5-5 five and five before running into a tougher stretch of the games where we got to travel to Miami to take on the high-powered Dolphins. Then we got the Chiefs at home, Vikings at home, Chargers at home before returning to KC to take on the Chiefs again. During that stretch, man, I only have us beating the Vikings. Maybe uh, put an asterisk next to that Chargers game, anything's possible. You know, we play them tough every time, but... Hopefully we can split one of these uh, two Chiefs games. It's going to be a lot easier to do it at home in front of a Chiefs crowd, I'm sure. I'm done criticizing McDaniels because he's just going to be there, whether I like it or not. And as long as he's there, it's going to be tough to watch. The product that we put out, what we do, you know, with situational football, decisions being made, should be no-brainers from coaches that just seem to fluster this guy and make us look like the organization that everybody believes us to be. Put powdered sugar on shit It don't make it French toast Yeah we got a nice stadium Can't put no none of our fans In that motherfucker though uh, Whatever A lot of money being spent A lot of money being made Not too much of uh, Positive plays on the, on the field though Shout out to the players Who were vocally frustrated But continue to compete Max Crosby's of the world The Devontae Adams The Josh Jacobs And I don't want to act like There's not more players out there But these are guys Who at any moment Can get up and go somewhere else And are still trying to You know Remain uh, Optimistic for the Raiders fan base You see Max Crosby Hype as he's leaving the field 
These are guys who deserve to win, and, and we have the opportunity to. We're too high-powered of an offense to not be able to win some of these games. It's going to be up to us. Real quick, let's uh, get into Jimmy G's post-game press conference because I want to hear y'all. I, I, want, I want y'all's perspective. And then, uh, you know, obviously I'm going to give you mine, but I want to hear from y'all in the comments and shit what you think about Jimmy G's post-game press conference statements. Just how badly uh, this team needed this win. Uh, what can this do moving forward for this club? Yeah, I think uh, <clears throat> it was a total team effort tonight, and, and we knew it was going to be like that. Uh, it's just one of those things we got to use this momentum now to our advantage, you know, try to get stacking these wins. Uh, but, yeah, this was a big one tonight. You know, Green Bay coming in, fans traveled well, so you know, it, was a, it was a good environment out there. All right, you said full team effort, right? That's what you said? Alright I wasn't gonna go to these stats No let me go check these stats See how much of a full team performance It really was man Let's get to the stat line now This motherfucker won't make me mad Jordan Love went six, 16 uh, Completed passes on 30 attempted For 182 yards Zero touchdowns and three interceptions Talk about the Raiders quarterback play. 22 of 31, 208 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Seems like a wash right there, right? 208 yards, all right. 22 um, of 31. Another INT to add to the long list. Josh Jacobs scored a touchdown rushing on 20, 20 carries for 69 yards, averaging uh, 3.5 yards per carry. The receiving game, Jacoby Myers showed up and showed out, I guess, for Raiders standards when he had seven receptions, 75 yards, and one touchdown. I say all that because let's talk about the defense now. We lost the, uh, let's talk about just the, the team stats. We lost the total yards. While uh, Packers were only able to best us by six yards, they do 285 while we had 279 total yards. 183 of those did come passing. 175 for the Packers. It came to the rush, and again, we were uh, beating that. While the Packers were able to muster 110, we only put 96 rushing yards up. Pretty uh, matched up in the first downs. 18 first downs for the Packers, 19 for the Raiders. The efficiency was bad on each side While the Packers went 4 of 12 We went 5 of 13 on third down Each of us were able to uh, effectively Gain a first down on the fourth down play The Raiders allowed four sacks Packers allowed two Each team punted the ball four times Penalties not too much of uh, importance in this game The time of possession Five points in favor of, excuse me, five minutes in favor of the Raiders. I'm gonna talk about this defense now, man. The defense obviously takes the ball away three times to make up for that pick that you know Jimmy G is gonna throw. At the very least, he's getting one in at least this season. Talk about Max Crosby making plays all over the field, continuously highlighted by the broadcasters during the game. Spillane, like I said, two interceptions. 
Important to note that that was, uh, I think, the first game since like ninety fucking five or two thousand and five, one or the other. We've had two in one game. It's been a long fucking time, yo. Able to get that third one to seal the deal on the underthrown uh, end zone pass by Jordan Love. I told you, Meek Robinson ended the game with a nine T. All in all, man, we'll see what happens during this season. We talked about these stretches of games that are going on. It's not looking uh, the greatest for us. But like you said, man, anything can happen. Anything's possible in the NFL. And any given Sunday is just going to take a lot better preparation for us to get to where we need to. Got some boxing news. WBC champion Tyson Fury will take on former UFC champion Francis Ngannou on October 28th. This crossover fight will count as an official bout. It's not one of the simulation or exhibition games that, that, you know, exhibition fights that you've been seeing some of these crossover fights being. It will be an official bout. However, uh, Tyson Fury's title will not be on the line. It's going to be 10 rounds from Saudi Arabia, so expect a crazy start time for this. The official time has not been set as of now. Predictions are that the main event will be walking out at 10 p.m. UK time. I think that transfers over to like 2 p.m. or 2 a.m. here in the in the states, or at least on the uh, on the west coast. We shall see what happens there. I mean, a lot of talk about the matchup not being uh, put together between Fury and uh, I don't know how to pronounce the bro's last name. Yisk, U-Y-S-K, however the fuck you pronounce that. Those were supposed to be the next two fighters to fight. Some goes down, and, and you know that actually gets put to the side now. That's expected to happen early in 2024. So I mean, if you're looking at a fight like this. Which is going to happen in a few weeks Already in the uh, fourth quarter of the year And then, you know, Tyson's ready to go defend that title Come early January, I believe, of next year It seems like he's looking past Francis Ngannou And we'll see what happens Let's give a quick unprofessional as fuck fantasy football league update I fucked up and took my first L this week, man it's been a pleasure to be undefeated, but no longer, man. Uh, thanks to Kato's three touchdowns. Took my first L, now I'm 4-1, still remaining first for now. Easy breezy in second place, right on my heels, man. It's just a matter of a few points. And that ends up being my week six matchup as well, so it's going to get rough. No A-chan for me, a lot of... Uh, a lot of gaps in my roster to fill. This is where the season's starting to get real, man. In third place, uh, jumping up, Ray Finkel now at three and two. Don Zay also three and two in fourth place, but with 171 points this week, has the high score. Took the uh, 120. He was able to be the high score two of these five weeks. That uh, means one more, and he's getting paid to play. Shout out to the league. Who else could do? Who else could say that, man? Paid to play. A lot more money out there to be won, man. Let's continue going down the list. Waiver wire boys are in fifth place at three and two. Damn, it's fouled. No more music now. Motherfuckers looking at me like, why you do that? All right, let's go. More music. In sixth place, all pretty bastard three and two as well. Seventh place belongs to Gen Seven. He's now two and three. Is it player or player? Two and three in eighth place. At nine, Guru from the Dirty Dozen, also two and three. 
Tenth place belongs to Cheese Grater, also standing at two and three. Man, what is that? One, two, three, four, five players tied at two and three. However, uh, in 11th place, it's 49er forever. And in 12th place, Niner Gang going 0 5. Still, uh, anybody's opportunity to be winning them 120s during the week, so not all is lost. If it looks like it's going to be a difficult season, there's still an opportunity to get out there and make some bread, keep your head up, you know what I mean, and uh, waiver wire it up. Definitely a lot of shit to uh, go after this week with a lot of these injuries we talked about. It's going to be looking for uh, you know players to step up for the respective teams. Maybe shuffle some shit up in these next upcoming weeks. Bye weeks have been implemented as of this week as well. Well, last week's uh, games. So this week we'll continue more bye weeks, more more you know team owners having to shift some shit around. Maybe cut some players from their squad they didn't want to to make room for others who actually have an opportunity to score some points, leaving the waiver wires looking uh, a little more fruitful. Stay up and stay tuned, man. It's really too early to start talking about basketball, but NBA preseason is underway. A lot of changes coming to the league this year as far as coverage. Some of these games are going to be on HBO Max going forward. Something to uh, keep in mind, important to look at. Including, I think, playoff games on the Western Conference side of things. Crazy. Still too early to get all the way into that basketball joint, though, so we're going to talk about it soon. We have seen Chris Paul and uh, Steph Curry on the court together. Wow. Alright, man. Before we get out of here. Yes, we gotta make these picks, right? Week six picks. Damn near forgot. Trying to tell y'all, man. I hopped in this uh, my homie Demarcus's Elite 23 picks. This is ESPN uh, Pick Skin Pick 'em, right? All it is is picking the games like we have here on the pod before. I'm looking like shit in this joint. 45 and 33 for me picking the games. Not looking good. Action's kicking off uh, this Thursday. Broncos at KC. Easy pick for KC in that game. They could lose a couple of players and still be fine. The Ravens go to play the Titans. The Titans, you know, coming off a tough loss. The Ravens get a tough loss as well. Nah, Ravens on the road. I don't know, man. I think uh, I think Lamar has to bounce back. Picking the Ravens in that one. Two and three Commanders at the three and two Falcons. Falcons adding Van Jefferson uh, home. They got an advantage at home, I believe. I haven't seen enough from Desmond Ritter, to be honest with you. I'm going to rock with Sam Hell on this one. Unfortunately, I'm picking another road squad. Got the Commanders winning that joint. Vikings and the Bears, both one and four. Somebody's going to have to not lose this game. Uh, no Justin Jefferson for the Vikings. No Khalil Herbert for the Bears. If you talk about who's uh, 
Stay dangerous like we're supposed to. Whose absence is going to hurt either team more so? It's obviously Justin Jefferson. They got to take the Bears at home. Seahawks three and one, Bengals two and three seem to be finding their footing. Bengals at home. Seattle's playing good ball this year. I'm gonna go with the Bengals to add to what they've been doing. Even though uh, you know Seattle's playing good good football right now, uh, I just feel like the trajectory that the Bengals are are feeling right now they're they're, they're heading up. Jamar Chase is getting more involved in the game. Tyler Boyd is showing up and showing out. They should get Higgins back this game as well. I got the Bengals winning at home. 5-0 Niners going up against the 2-2 Cleveland Browns. They will not go undefeated. When I'm speaking about the Niners, they will not go undefeated. However, they will not lose this week to the Browns. I think it's an easy win for them, even on the road. Oh, man. Trap games right here. The 0-5 Carolina Panthers go to face the 4-1 Miami Dolphins. Again, no A-chan in this game. They do get back uh, Jeff Wilson Jr., I believe, to add to where he most certainly has been doing his thing as well. Panthers just more the same, man. Until Dalton gets in this game, I don't think uh, – until Dalton's in the starter, I don't know if I have them favored in any game. Definitely not this week. Miami to take care of the Panthers at home. Colts and Jaguars. Jaguars finally returned back to Jacksonville to host the game. Both teams come in at 3-2. and two. No Anthony Richardson for the Colts. I think that actually helps them in the, uh, the plot twist. But I don't think it helps them enough to win this game against Jacksonville, who's coming back home. I, I got Jacksonville in this joint. 3-2. and two. New Orleans Saints, led by Derek Carr, travel to play the 2-3 uh, and three Houston Texans, led by C.J. Stroud. Carr was able to beat Jordan Love, which was, I think, one of his rookie matchups this year thus far, going up head-to-head with the rookie quarterback. I don't know if he does it this week. I mean, Kamara's coming back. He, man, they got weapons over there. Olave, I saw, has been uh, demoted from healthy to questionable, which also was a hit to my fantasy squad. This shit's looking bad, man. I got to uh, side with the Saints in this joint. Carr, can you please get the ball to Alave? Thank you. Stop fucking me over even in your absence. <laughs> New England Patriots 1-4 come over to uh, Vegas to play the Raiders, who are 2-3. and three. I think we build on our success this past week, or if you can call it that, and get two in a row, man. I got the Raiders uh, ending this week at 3-3 three and three after a victory over the Patriots at home. Should be a decent game. The Lions four and one go over to Tampa Bay to play the uh, Baker Mayfield led Buccaneers who are three and one. Lions are just high powered. I don't know if St. Brown gets back this week. I think it's gonna be a tough game. No easy cakewalk. Baker Mayfield's got them guys playing over there in, in, in Tampa, but I uh, can't go against the Lions. They've just been looking too uh, too effective in, in any aspect of the ball they want to be. Cardinals Josh Dobbs coming off a tough game Where he turned the ball over I believe three times He's going up against the Los Angeles Rams With Aaron Donald licking his shots Ready to take some of the balls away as well Pause Cooper Cup Back over there with Nakua Matata I know I ain't his real name man Shout Puka Matthew Stafford I think is going to do enough man He's definitely the better quarterback in this game With the better weapons I'm going to go with the Rams the Eagles, 5-0. Maybe this is a trap game. They go over to New York to play the Jets, who are 2-3. and three. Jets are playing better ball now. Not quite to the level of the Eagles, but the Eagles are a 5-0 team that aren't even reaching their potential yet. 
if you ask me. So I think uh, this game could be a trap game, but I would be a fool to go against the Eagles. I'm picking the Eagles to win on the road. One and four New York Giants expected to be without Daniel Jones. Going up against the three and two Buffalo Bills in Buffalo. No brainer. Going with the Bills. This one, man, uh, the, the Dallas Cowboys coming off that ass open, kick in the face, wherever that motherfucker Dak said. Three and two Cowboys now going over to SoFi to play the Los Angeles Chargers, who are two and two, coming off of a bye week. Maybe the extra rest for the Chargers helps them out in the game where the Cowboys are reeling off of an ass whooping. Cowboys need to bounce back. This is a Monday night game. So with all that being said, on Monday night, the whole world watching, I think uh, the Chargers will fuck around and win this game. I might change that pick Sunday night. But as of now, I'm going to take the Chargers to win at home. And that's it, man. Week six predictions are in. I'm still sliding daytime with the fog lights. That bitch kissed on my ice and got frostbite. Okay, she big bone tag, a bin tag, a fucking bow leg. She don't fuck on the first night. We Next on the docket, episode 212. I'm professional as fuck. Followed by uh, adding elements, episode four. More Patreons exclusives all over the place this month. Y'all be on the lookout for all of that. But until then, let me get uh, let me get to the shit I'm on this week. Sacramento stand up new uh, track from Mozzie. This one's called "If I Die Right Now." Unprofessional. It's times I wanna be alone. Granny died on the same couch I used to sleep on. I can hear voices saying, "Keep going." That's it for greatness, I've been knowing Just happy I get to show Watch hell of my niggas blow it Apprehended for a blow that carried multiple bodies Dropped on his lawyer to show him I really got him Still little Tim if you knew me before I was mine Shit brazy, we really made it Square footage outrageous for this location Overly spacious 4G auto sitting under the spaceship Pure motivation Wake up every daily and chase it I'm heartbroken I had the extra streets while you breaking. All my niggas gone, keep taking them. Overdosing ain't that far off, it's relatable. Held my head high even when I'm incapable. To see how far we take it, gon' continue to hustle. Strength and growth is birth through continuous struggle. Hey, look what we endured, and we still ain't crumbled. Still ain't fumbled, I know they waiting for that. Fuck an hourly wage, ain't got the pace for that. Mama understands she can't save me, I'm black. Father understand he can't save me, I'm black. Ain't say nothing about them skits on my gangsta intact. Too broke to leave, felt like I was chained to the trap. Disappointed whole time we raising a rat. Missing my nigga, ain't trying to talk to this guy. We was just making plans to live right before blood died. I'm short on time. That's what I tell the homies in the pen. That be mad that I won't answer for weeks. Like y'all remember times when I was broke and I hit you niggas' phone for a put on, you ain't answer for me. Damn, it feel good to finally land on my feet. Damn, it feel good, finally stand on my feet As a man should Missing granny fried chicken with the canned goods And be the streets that prepare us for our manhood Had to squabble up just making sure our hands good Yeah, never hold me down the way that ant would If I die right now Is any of the niggas I call brothers gonna miss me the way the fans would? If I die right now Is any of the niggas I call brothers gonna miss me the way the fans would? If I die right now Till next time, thank y'all for tapping in UAF episode 212 is on the way Make sure y'all round out this work week 
getting shit completed don't leave nothing hanging in the balance until next time find what makes you happy and return the favor I'm gonna holler at y'all later I'm gone Y'all, y'all, y'all finished or y'all done? I ain't got no more talking.